the Trinity. Privilege to share with you from the Bible tonight on Christmas Eve. Can we get the lights? Thank you. And I just want to talk to the kids real quick. Kids, we just shared a lesson for you. So now we're going to talk to the adults and give them a lesson from the Bible as well. What you can listen to and hear what God has to say to you as we're speaking today. So I want to start with this question. Why did Jesus come? Why did Jesus come? Just take a minute and reflect. What's coming to your mind here? There are lots of good biblical answers here, but what comes to mind first? Maybe it's that Jesus Christ came to save sinners. That's in 1 Timothy. Maybe that Jesus came to reveal who God is, and that's talked a lot about in John. Maybe to judge the world. Maybe that's what came to your mind from Isaiah and the prophets. Or to be the light so we don't have to remain in, in darkness. And that's also in the book of John. Maybe to destroy the power of death and the devil. Emphasized in Hebrews and Revelation. And those are all very true. There's so many more things. But I want to share with you what Jesus says right at the beginning of his ministry about why he came. So you see, in Mark and Luke, Jesus says to his first disciples, let us go somewhere to the nearby villages so that I can preach there also. That is why I have come. That is not what came to my mind first. I don't know about you. Jesus came to preach. Jesus came to preach, and that's emphasized throughout the Gospels. So let's explore this further. What message does Jesus preach? The Gospel of Mark gives us Jesus' first words of his first sermon, and he says, The time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So Jesus didn't just come to die. He didn't just come to save us from our sins. He came to preach the good news, which is even bigger than that. I want to spend our reflection time tonight on what that good news is. The good news that the shepherds were told of by the angels, that the kingdom of God and the person of Jesus is at hand, is here. And what does that mean for us? So the first thing is, the good news is this. And here's from one of Jesus' first sermons. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. The tenderness of those words of Jesus's takes my breath away. And maybe that's the good news that you need to hear tonight, whether you're here in person or watching on the live stream. God loves you. He pays attention to you. He is for you. He doesn't have a preference for the strong, the powerful, or those admired by the world. In fact, he himself came not as a wealthy leader, but as a child in a normal family. He came to be a servant and to seek after those who are lost. And that includes you. The good shepherd who carries you on, your on his shoulders cares for your every need and wants to bless you with his favor right now. And I want to point out that his blessing has nothing at all to do, what, what, to do with what you deserve. What I deserve, it's grace, and it abounds toward us. So we can say with Mary, my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful 
of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Would you repeat this short prayer after me? Lord, we receive your good news of blessing and love. Lord, we receive your good news of blessing and love. But that's not all. The good news is also this. Matthew reports that Jesus started his ministry this way, going throughout Galilee, as we mentioned, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. People brought to him those who were ill, ill with various diseases, those suffering pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and those who were paralyzed, and he healed them. The good news is that God is powerful and wants to work in our lives. When he came to earth as a human, he didn't just walk straight toward his purpose. He paid attention to those around him, and he spent a lot of time ministering supernaturally to people, bringing change that was outside of normal expectations, because the answer to our problems is not primarily physical or social or political. The answer to our problems is primarily spiritual. When Jesus sent out his disciples, they did the same thing. They set out, they went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. God does the same today. God wants to bring healing to every area of your life, including your body and your relationships. The prophet Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, right before we hear about Jesus, he prophesies about Jesus and says, For those who revere his name, the son of righteousness, will arise with healing in his rays. Jesus is like the sun with healing in his rays. Isn't that a beautiful image? Let's just take a minute now to ask God for his healing power in whatever area you need it. Would you repeat this short prayer after me? Lord, we receive the good news of your power and healing. Lord, we receive the good news of your power and healing. But that's not all. The last one to share today, although there are more, is this. Surely he took up our pain and he bore our suffering. He was pierced for our transgressions and he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. He bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Some of you came in today burdened by a heavy weight of sin and brokenness. Sometimes the holidays actually emphasize that even more, highlighting maybe family dysfunction or unhealthy stress behaviors. And ignoring our sin doesn't do us any favors. It doesn't make us happier. The reality of God's presence, of God coming near, actually brings our sin to the surface so that we can be free of it. When the prophet Isaiah has this incredible vision of God on his throne, highly exalted, the response is not necessarily what you might expect. He sees the Lord, and what he says is, Woe to me, I am ruined, 
I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. In other words, as God comes near, the reality of his sin is more evident, and it breaks him. He says, I am ruined. And maybe you know that feeling, whether as someone who has not yet met Jesus or someone who's been following him for a long time but still sees areas of your life that are in desperate need of God's holiness. So when Jesus preaches his message, the kingdom of God has come near. What does he say right before that? He says, repent, for the kingdom of God has come near. And maybe this might surprise you, but maybe this is the good news that you need to hear tonight. That you don't have to be crushed by sin because you have the promise of God's forgiveness. That he brought us his peace through the, his death on the cross. That he is our peace. And our repentance, it's not just at the point of salvation. It's not just at the point where we decide to follow Jesus. Jesus' death on the cross redeems us from our sin, not just before we were saved, but for all time. And we can live not in guilt, but in continual repentance because we have this promise of continual forgiveness. And as we repent, he promises to forgive us, to cleanse us, to change us. So with Zechariah, we can cry, praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them to enable us to serve him without fear, in holiness, and in righteousness before him all our days. So let's repeat this last short prayer after me. Lord, we receive the good news of your forgiveness. Lord, we receive the good news of your forgiveness. Would you stand with me? You'll remember that the angel said, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. The band can come up. So in our great joy and gratitude, brothers and sisters, let's sing together this beautiful hymn, one of the oldest Christmas carols that we have, O Come All Ye Faithful. Even when we are faithless, God is still faithful to us, and in fact, when we repent, he makes us faithful by his spirit. That is good news. So let's pour out our gratitude and let's adore him together. Oh, come, all ye faithful. 